Hello and welcome to episode seven of the Election Observer podcast. Uh, my name is Tom and I'm here with Juliana, who has been leading on this week's episode uh, as she had the opportunity to interview Lord Hayward, who is introducing his private members bill later on this week uh, on the topic of the secrecy of the ballot. This is what they had to say. So today we're joined by Lord Hayward, who is joining us from Parliament to speak to us about his private members bill. Hello, uh, Lord Hayward. Good evening. Do call me Robert. Okay, well, hello, Robert. Uh, so my first question for you is, what made you decide to focus your private members bill on the secrecy of the ballot? I attempted to get an amendment included in the elections bill a few months ago, and I was moved in many ways by the information that I was receiving from democracy volunteers, along with other people, uh, about family voting. Then when I was lucky enough to come out in the private members ballot and I got more indications that there was complete confusion about the legal status of family voting. And at the same time, Democracy Volunteers was producing a report or had produced reports which clearly indicated the scale of uh, family voting, not just in Tower Hamlets. There is this supposition that it's a Tower Hamlets problem. Your reports clearly indicate that this is a nationwide issue. And that's why I've decided to go ahead with this, the, the private members bill on Friday. Brilliant. So uh, having been involved in politics for a number of years, was family voting a new phenomenon to you uh, recently or something that you felt has been a long term issue? No, it's something that I've come to relatively recently. I've been conscious of the importance of generally well-run elections to meet international standards. I've been conscious for a number of years uh, that Britain doesn't have uh, an election process that meets international standards and that there was a need to tighten up some things. But family voting was something that I came to relatively late but has become much more uh, an issue for me. So what do you think was the turning point for you uh, for this political intervention to address the issue? <laughs> Cynically, I could observe the fact that I actually came high enough in the private members ballot to actually do something about it. But more realistically, it was the fact uh, that uh, there's clear evidence on the nationwide basis that this is a problem, not just uh, in London, uh, although the figures on mayoral elections are in themselves quite staggering. But the fact that this Democracy Volunteers report shows that this is a problem in Northern Ireland, in Scotland, in Wales, right throughout the United Kingdom. And it needs to be tackled so that we can say we do have free and fair elections. And what is missed is this is genuinely an equalities issue. In this day and age, the thought that overwhelmingly the issue is men can impose on females how they should vote really is a major equalities issue. And as many of my friends will know, that's something that matters dearly to me. And so then looking at the bill specifically, uh, what outside bodies have you worked with to develop it? The draft is much the same as my amendment is originally proposed for the elections bill. The process is I took it to the clerks in the Commons. Uh, for them to give me, uh, in the Lord, sorry, to give an assessment of the phraseology. But I have spoken to the election commission, electoral commission, 
I've discussed it with the then Minister Kemi Badnock and her officials. And I've discussed it with the likes of Peter Stanion uh, at the AEA, the electoral administrators, to ensure that what I'm trying to do makes sense. Equally, I've discussed it with the likes of Lord Christopher Holmes, because he passed an amendment, got an amendment of his passed in the Elections Act to ensure that blind people and other people with disabilities were not disadvantaged in any way. So my bill tackles an issue, but does it in such a way that ensures that uh, there is no barrier to those people with disabilities or alternatively, somebody who turns up at a polling station with their child, which, of course, many people do. So we don't want unnecessary rules, but we do want necessary protection. And do you see this bill as a standalone item or as part of a series of electoral reforms? It's part of a, a, an electoral reform. The fact that, as I just mentioned, uh, the my bill, my amendment, takes into consideration the amendments from Lord Holmes is a good case in point. What concerns me most is that the evidence that the Democracy Volunteers has produced shows that despite all the best efforts, the attempts to make voting free and fair are not working. It's all very well saying we're going to improve the effectiveness and we're going to be consistent. What the democracy volunteers figures show is that actually the process is consistently ineffective and I want to make it consistent and effective. And to do that, presiding officers at polling stations and police officers have to know that they have the law behind them. At the moment, the Electoral Commission says it is not against the law, it's just a breach of polling procedure. The officials in the government department say it is against the law, but the guidance as issued by the Electoral Commission makes no reference to it being against the law. And therefore, I want it clearly understood by everybody that if somebody attempts to do this, that they will face action. Because in many cases, presiding officers at polling stations are females. They do their best. But if a male refuses to budge, the presiding officer will often feel intimidated by that male and be scared to take action. I want them to know that they have the full backing of the law and that the police have the full backing of the law if somebody tries to breach the uh, polling procedures uh, and that action will be taken against that person. So how do you think knowledge and awareness of family voting um, has changed in the wake of your bill amongst fellow members of the House of Lords? I think it's a slow process. I think most members of the House of Lords, they don't take an interest in election matters. We know that just in society in general. What I'm hoping is that by the publication of this bill, it will be a subject that's considered debated and more members of the House of Lords will be aware of it. I'm pretty clear that if the bill gets clearance from the Lords, that when it gets to the Commons, 
there will be a lot of members who are actually interested in supporting it because they know that on a regular basis the law is being the law or procedures are being breached to the detriment of lots of people and so finally is there anything else that you think our listeners should know about the private members bill ahead of the next stage i think people it's worth bearing in mind that officials have convinced themselves a, that it's against the law, but haven't taken any action. So when asked to ask why, and that they believe that there are routes to make the process more effective. But in fairness, the Electoral Commission for a decade has been pursuing this matter. They tell me that they've been dealing with it, particularly in the case of Tower Hamlets. They re- Everybody agrees that Tower Hamlets is the gold standard when it comes to efforts to stop family voting. And yet we still have a failure rate identified by your organization, Democracy Volunteers, that says that your volunteers witnessed this issue in 30 plus percent of polling stations in Tower Hamlets, the place where they have tried everything uh, and it has not been effective. And I am absolutely convinced that your figures from Croydon, from Tower Hamlets, from Watford, from North, from South Yorkshire, from Northern Ireland, show that there is a clear need for a change and clarity in the law so that people can act on the basis of a clear piece of legislation. Um, And so what's the next stage then for the bill? On Friday, we will get second reading. The approach of the House of Lords is that There is no opposition at this stage. There will be expressions from the front benches of the different political parties, as well as the minister, after which we move at some later stage in the autumn to committee stage in the House of Lords, where any amendments can be tabled. The civil servants have identified one or two. And after that, if we complete our stages in the House of Lords, which I believe we will, it will then go to the House of Commons sometime early next year, where I hope that a member of the House of Commons, I haven't approached anyone in particular, but I've got certain MPs in mind, that because they have an interest in this issue, I'm expecting them to pick it up. Uh, and that's where the real battle comes, because we have to, by then, have convinced the government this, this is a change that is necessary and it should be supported in the House of Commons. Thank you, Robert. I think that's been really useful and I'm sure our listeners will uh, really enjoy hearing all of your thoughts on this and and look forward to seeing uh, what happens with the next stages of the bill. Thank you for your time. So, Juliana, having discussed with Lord Hayward, uh, what were your impressions of, of what he was trying to introduce? I think it's clear that uh, this is a topic that he's got a lot of uh, passion for and is really knowledgeable on the topic as well, which obviously you'd expect with someone who's been in politics and for the amount of time that he has and has obviously, you know, maximised all the resources available to him. You know, he mentioned he's spoken to ministers and to outside bodies, drawn on reports from organisation democracy volunteers. And so I think what it shows is that um, it's an issue that's really being kind of uh, taken seriously at this time and um, a lot of weight is being given to it and um, hopefully we'll start to see some change on it and at the very least some kind of raising of the of awareness of the topic. Absolutely it seemed very clear to me that he was trying to 
diminish the grey area that he felt there was in around the topic of the secrecy of the ballot and in that understanding. And I think anything that can improve awareness of some of these issues is something that really helps the cause. I remember when we chatted with uh, John and Harry about it as well, and they were saying that it's just about making sure that people are aware. Um, but I found it really interesting the way he was talking about how efforts are already there as well. And hopefully, I guess what it also does is it encourages people to, as you say, be aware and be able to take action where they need to as well to be able to ensure the secrecy of the ballot, which I think is something that is very important to all people when they go to the ballot, but also for legislators as well. Uh, and something that we hold very dear here in the UK. So it'd be very interesting to see how it develops. It all felt very live, didn't it? There was still lots of moving parts that were still ongoing. And it was very interesting to see how it's, when you get this coming from the back bench, how much work has to go into it? Yeah, definitely. And I think just to kind of um, finish up on one of the kind of highlights of the interview for me was kind of what Lord Hayward mentioned about the involvement of the uh, presiding officers and those who actually work in the elections. And I think it's really important to recognise, obviously, the important work that they do as, you know, they're individuals who've had a lot of training and it is obviously quite a high intensity role, you know, it being apolitical and um, managing the um, efficient kind of uh, provision of elections and um, so I think it, it's really important that he kind of recognizes the role that they have to play and wants to make sure that you know they have the they know that they have the support of the law behind and uh, clarifying that law will um, surely only help things uh, in future elections. Absolutely as we say when we when 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 Juliana was talking to Lord Hayward it was still very much live there was still lots going on so we'll be watching with uh, with much interest over the next few days as to how it all unfolds but um, but I think it was a really really interesting discussion anyway I still feel like I learned a lot and despite something that I've observed a number of times and reported on there's still so much to learn about it and I think uh, the cause that he was working towards is something that we've taken interest and also very great to see that democracy volunteers data is having an impact and is being seen and recognized and actions being taken there's a few examples of that currently underway as well we see that in some of the other countries as well where some of our data some of our experience is being used uh, and so it'd be really interesting to see how it all unfolds over the next few days but uh, but thank you very much to lord haywood again for the opportunity to have a chat with him and also thank you to you juliana for taking the time to have a chat with him as well uh, it was really really interesting and uh, thank you all very much for listening as well <laughs>